Jesus suffered for us with the promise that he will walk with us through suffering. The forecast is perfect. The one who has suffered for us and is ever with us to draw us closer to himself through all things. You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast for Bethany Lutheran Church in Long Beach, California. Much like Jarrett earlier in the children's message, I brought an electronic device with me as well this morning. And I have a confession to make. I I never thought it would happen, but I've become addicted to the weather app. Now, back in the uh, B.C. era, that's before children, when Connie and I lived in the Midwest... And the weather would change just like that all of the time in St. Louis, usually from bad to worse. An app of the weather would have been really handy. It would have captured uh, my attention. But I didn't have it. And then in the ADBCC era, that's after daughter, before Clayton and Cameron, the names of our sons, when we lived in the Eastern Sierra... And when weather changed, and you were in the backcountry or on a lake, it could be pretty substantial and perhaps even dangerous. A weather app would have uh, compelled me and commanded me to be checking out the forecast. But I didn't have one. I didn't have one of these until like 20 years ago, you know, when all of a sudden being able to call someone was a lower importance of a phone. And the more important thing is the calculations and apps and everything. Uh, So like for the last 20 years, I've had it. And generally the forecast has been varying degrees of sunny and warm. But about the past month, I have been on this thing all the time. Part of it is fascination. How much is it going to rain today? At what times is it going to rain today? And what's the likelihood that it doesn't rain at all today? Maybe you're like me. And all of a sudden, for the first time, you're kind of uh, compelled to be checking out the forecast. Gloom and sunshine, damp and dry, cold and warm. Every one of us is going to experience some of that, both meteorologically and metaphorically. Metaphorically, even we, the beloved children of God, will face gloom and sunshine, glory and suffering, cold and warm, pain and pleasure. Damp and dry, bane and blessing. Some of it comes each and every one of our ways. It's not a possibility. It's not a probability. Predictability is 100%. All of us will at some point face some degree of suffering. The scripture's forecast is clear. When... You walk through the fire. Notice the prophet didn't say if. It's going to happen. Cast your anxieties on him. 
Notice the apostle just takes it for granted that you're going to have some anxieties that weigh you down. While you walk through the valley of death's shadow, note the psalmist doesn't try to wonder if it might come your way. Should it happen? It will. The world turns us all inside out, upside down at some point. Suffering is going to come each and every one of our ways. And you could count the ways with me. I mean, whether it's when I do's become I don'ts, or when life savings are swallowed up by inflation or a failure in the system, when a simple checkup brings a difficult diagnosis. Sufferings are bound to follow. Now, there are times where the distribution and degree of sufferings make it kind of seem random and unfair. It happens more over here and less over there. But no one's going to avoid it altogether. A measure of such will enter everyone's life. Uh, And when our lives are taken suddenly by a tragedy, by a painful illness, by rejection, by addiction, by depression, you could continue to fill in those blanks. Whether it's cyberbullying by someone you have never met, or maybe betrayal, by someone you called your best friend, sufferings follow. Suffering and sorrow, they are commonplace in our world. And there's enough suffering to go around to fill the shelves of every Amazon distribution center ever built. And we're only talking so far about individual sufferings. What about the collective ones that we endure together? Wars pandemics, natural disasters, societal decay, the elevation of evil to to good and that emotion of good to evil. All of them begin to impact the soul in such a way that generally it has us asking these basic questions. Why would God permit this to happen? And where is he right now. Because when they're in the midst of suffering, we, we quickly discover, do we not, that God just doesn't simply step in and whisk things away and make it all okay like that. Go to the gospel reading that you heard earlier this morning. Mary and Martha are friends of Jesus. So is their brother Lazarus. They have hosted him at their home for dinner. They have supported his ministry. They are followers of the Lord. And when Lazarus falls ill, they send word to Jesus. I suppose, I suppose that they are suspecting that Jesus will be intervening, correct? How many of you think that when they sent word to Jesus, they had in mind, 
he probably won't do anything for a while. He's going to, you know, just kind of hang out where he's at and we'll go through what we have to go through. But that's exactly what happens. And their lives, like ours, are ones in which at times our God seems distant and disinterested. When we know he can't help, but he doesn't even seem to be lifting a finger to do anything. It was only a day's journey away. Not only didn't Jesus go, he didn't even send a pair of apostles with an explanation. They endured their brother's death and their subsequent sorrow as Jesus stayed away. He didn't rush in, keep it from happening. And he doesn't always eliminate the sorrows or struggles or suffering in our life either. Now, we know the end of the story even before we read it this morning, at least most of you. Most of you have probably heard Lazarus' tale many, many times, correct? And for you, it's kind of like Easter appetizer, right? We could say, he arose, and you'd say, he arose indeed, right? Knowing about Lazarus and and expecting that the same thing's going to happen with Jesus really, really soon. A couple weeks away, we'll be celebrating that great day. You know, when this happened for Mary and Martha, they didn't know the end of the story as they were going through it. And I think the power of this text is the testimony of Martha. Her conviction that God is good, that Jesus cares, even when situations are terrible. And you might even inside wonder if he's remotely interested in you. Jesus had stayed away. He finally made his way to Bethany. Martha runs out to meet Jesus. And she says these words, Lord, had you been here? But it's what comes next that reveals the height of Christian maturity in this woman. She says, but even now, I know God will give you whatever you ask. And when Jesus says, your brother will rise, what does she say? I know he will at the last day. She was not expecting that momentarily the stone would be rolled, Lazarus would be restored, the uh, crying friends would would be rejoicing, the the party that was awake would be a party because Lazarus awoke. None of that was on her mind. I know he'll rise again at the coming, at the last day. Jesus who says, I am the resurrection of the life, who calls and commands and rolls and restores Lazarus, had actually come to give her the gift of himself in the moment of suffering. We have a God who is with us when we suffer. We have a God who stands beside us as we weep and who weeps with us. Amidst pain and pleasure, bane and blessing, feast and famine alike, our God is good, even when situations aren't. Jesus doesn't simply whisk his servants away from sorrow and suffering. 
Rather, he walks with us through them so that he might draw us closer to himself with the promise that he is really all we need. He, who was willing to suffer for us. Jesus knew suffering. From the most minor of sufferings, you know, the the little petty taunts birthed by sibling rivalries. (laughs) Jesus knew them. To some of the bigger sufferings, cruel accusations by rivals, to perhaps the greatest suffering of all, being trolled by those who walked past the cross. You saved others, why don't you save yourself? And being shunned by God the Father, who closed his ears to his son, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus suffered for us with the promise that he will walk with us through suffering. The forecast is perfect. It's complete. I just didn't complete it for you earlier in the sermon, so let me do that now. When you walk through the fire, I will be with you. Cast your anxieties on him. He cares for you. While you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, his rod, his staff, your comfort, suffering and glory, pain and pleasure, bane and blessing, gloom and sunshine, damp and dry, cold and warm alike. All the days are his. And through each, he gives us the greatest thing he can, himself, the one who has suffered for us and is ever with us to draw us closer to himself through all things. Will you pray with me? Dear Lord Jesus, who moves us from suffering to joy, with the gift of yourself. In the midst of pain, in the midst of sorrow, in the midst of suffering, uh, our own personal traumas or the simple state of the human condition. We pray that through each and every one, you would open our eyes to see you there in the midst of them, drawing us closer to you the God who is with us always and in all days, and in whose name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening today. A video archive of our online worship services, including today's message, can be found on our YouTube channel and at www.bethanylutheran.org. Links for both of these are in the show notes. If you would like to support this podcast or the ministry of Bethany Lutheran Church in Long Beach, California, you can text the word GIVE to 562-210-0463. That's GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 562-210-0463. We pray that you have a wonderful and blessed week.